episode 20 of the sports fellas podcast and today i don't have my co-host but i do have two very special guests first off we have a non-troll mr del Booth. alex how you doing sir i'm doing good man pleasure thank you thank you for having me man. how are you i'm doing fantastic bro and we got another special guest another guy that doesn't troll at all a respectable young man we got my boy nico how you doing sir i'm doing good how about you thank you for having me on Appreciate you guys coming on. Um, today, we have a, a lot of special topics. You know, we got the Champions League final. We got the Europa League final. We got the Zidane um, getting dismissed by Real Madrid. He didn't get sacked, as a lot of people would say. Um, an update on the NBA playoffs. And last but not least, what is going on at Minute Maid Park? So to kick the, to kick the show off, we're going to start off with the NBA playoffs. Um, Alex, since you live in the beautiful state of Georgia, and you're a beautiful fan of the uh, Atlanta Hawks. What can you say about uh, tonight's game as the Knicks tied the series at one game apiece? Man, as a, as a lifelong fair weather, I'll point out fair weather Atlanta Hawks fan. Because if they suck, I don't be watching. I'm not going to lie there. But tonight was pretty disappointing. Um, they, they were up, what, 13 and a half. They seemed to pretty much have the game in control. And then somewhere in that third quarter, they just went cold. You know, that happens. But then Nate, Nate McMillan's rotations are pretty were pretty bad. I mean, they, they were bad in game one, too, but winning kind of doesn't really showcase, doesn't, like, put that on the spotlight. Losing tonight just kind of feels pretty bad. I mean, you go back to Atlanta 1-1, that's not a – you can't really complain too much. But when you definitely you should be going up – you should be going back home up 2-0. And that's kind of where – it's kind of bittersweet, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um. So the other night, um, the Blazers, they lost to the Nuggets, and a lot of um, Blazer fans were saying, oh, we got the road victory, like that's all we needed. Would you agree with the statement that the Hawks got what they needed out of New York, or would you want to see them go up 2-0? I would say they got what they quote-unquote needed, but I, I think they just let like a golden opportunity slip away here. You go, you go back 2-0 to Atlanta. I mean, you, you pretty much, it feels like it's kind of locked up in a way. Obviously, it's not. But you, you have a, you feel a bit better than it being one one, and I, I do think just from watching the two games that Atlanta probably is the better team. But I, I just can't get over those rotations, man. Like, like the Knicks tied the game up tonight, and Trey Young is on the bench for like what feels like an eternity. And it's like, why is that? Like, I mean, yeah. it's the playoffs. You you don't want to. Why are like end of the rotate? Why are and like people at the end of the bench playing as much as they are? <laughs> It's it's just funny because after the first time out of the fourth quarter, there was like nine and change remaining. And I thought that Trey Young was going to come in and he still didn't come in. And I was like, well, what is Nate McMillan waiting for for him to come in? I, I just didn't agree with his rotations at all. Yeah, um, like like um like sorry, sorry for interrupting, but like like the Trey and Bogey came back in and they pretty much tied the game up in like what two by themselves. Minutes. Yep. Yeah, and it's like why why wait so long? Like it's the playoffs. You don't want to feel like you're have any regrets left if you lose the series right right yeah i agree 100 um nico as a bulls fan um you know derrick rose was going off tonight and um he had a resurgence what can you say about his performance tonight i'm sorry about that um as a bulls fan it's very nice to see derrick rose still playing so much i saw tonight that he got 30 he played 39 minutes tonight which is Kind of insane for coming off the bench, but it says that Alfred Payton only played five. So it looks like Tibbs finally had enough of Payton just vibing out there. So it's nice to see him not do that. Um, I thought that this series would be one of the more interesting ones because, I mean, you can tell it's pretty neck and neck. They both have the same record from the regular season and the teams just match up pretty well. And both of the games have been pretty entertaining. So... I'm very interested to see what happens in Atlanta. Um, do you think home court advantage is a real thing? Uh, like we saw um, Madison Square Garden, like how loud it was and how Knicks fans think they're the best fans in the world and they're fucking ruthless and they're some fucking animals and they really think like they run shit. Um, so do you guys think that home court plays a huge advantage? I mean, like tonight they were like, fuck Trey Young. The first game they were like, fuck Trey Young. And then Trey Young hit that dagger in the first game. And then this game, he should have, he should have had more, but. Nate McMillan had him on a leash for what fucking reason. So do you guys think that home court advantage is a real thing? 
I, I do believe that home court advantage is a thing. It's not like the end all be all. Obviously, um, there are players that will shrink when they're, you know, in that kind of environment atmosphere. And then there are players that kind of live up to it. Like I, I think Trey Young has showed days pretty much doesn't it doesn't really save him. Like again, he did it, he'd only played 35 minutes, which um in the playoff kind of seems not ideal for your best player. I mean, but I mean like Capella played a minute more. I think that's kind of ridiculous. But I mean, home court advantage it, it exists. Like I do think that they will play better going back to Atlanta, but I don't think you'll see like it'll be like this huge deciding factor, you know. Absolutely. Um, Nico, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I definitely believe that home court advantage exists to an extent. Um, there's only so much that the fans can do, honestly. Um, you, your players still have to put in the work. You still have to be a, a good team. But uh, if the fans are rallying them and everybody's hitting all cylinders, I can definitely see how like large runs happen and how they take leads so quickly. But... Yeah, I don't think that home court advantage has everything to do with the success, obviously, but it definitely plays a part. Um, Alex, I don't know if you were seeing in the fourth quarter, but it seemed like Nate wanted to get Capella involved when he didn't have, like, any points at all. And, like, Trey was being aggressive, but he was being aggressive, and then he was passing the ball. Do you agree with that the Hawks should get Capella involved, or if Trey has it going, just keep it going? I think Trey just has to keep it going. I, I think, like – um. Trey, like, his game has changed a bit from, like, the last two – his first years in the league where he kind of felt like he was doing everything by himself. Like, he had to pretty much shoot a bunch of threes to get this team anywhere near winning. Um, And, like, this season, it's pretty much been more like he's getting – he's playing more of a, like, traditional point guard role in a way where he's, like, kind of just going with the flow. Letting every, – getting everybody else involved is probably his best trait. So, I, I think you can't, like, try to force Capella to do – to, like, get involved. You kind of just have to let Trey kind of get to him. And let, let Trey run the offense pretty much, you know. I think that's probably one of this team that is best, even if he's not necessarily handling the ball. But I think that's just really what it's what it, when, he, when the team is at his best is literally when he's running the offense. You can't try. I don't think you should be able to like force Capella. Like he has where he was, he got his first point in like the fourth quarter, you said. Yeah, you can't force that. Like another, let, let's talk about him. Um, another poor performance tonight, um, John Collins. <laughs> literally has zero points um like i don't know like you can't really force those you know you kind of like let it come to them let Trey get to them i think that's probably one of the team that is best uh, yeah i feel like trey was trying way too hard to get guys involved and just like dude like like you're that guy and you know and he's been that guy like all year round so it's just like drive to the cub and draw and draw a foul because like a lot of people for the last 48 hours have been crying about the foul calls and stuff and it's just like like, if it's a foul, it's a foul. Like, you can't take them away. Like, the referees are not going to, like, hold their whistle in just because um, Knicks fan 516 on, on Twitter is crying about the calls. So, I just think that Trey Young, like, next game in Atlanta, if Nate is that guy, he has to tell Trey to be more aggressive and, like, to drive about the cup and that everyone's, like, behind him. Like, for example, I don't know if you saw Gallo, but the whole night they were trying to get Gallo involved, and that man shot break after break after – I think one of those breaks, I like, woke up one of my neighbors. Dude, Gallinari – Alanari, I think there was like a streak where he went like, I think like, oh for six from the from the arc at yeah. some point, like like six straight misses. I was like like I don't even know why he was in the game at that point. Like his defense is already not great, and his Kevin best was putting in work on defense. I'm not gonna lie to you. Gallinari's best attribute is being able to shoot the three. So if he's not hitting them, why is he in the game? Yeah, nasty Nate better figure that out quick. Um, Nico, who do you think is gonna win this series? I can see this game. I can see the series going seven games. Um, honestly, I'd like to see. I'd like to see the Knicks advance, but I believe that Atlanta could probably finish it off in six. And if it does go to seven, I would take the Knicks. But anything before that, I think Atlanta will take it. Ooh. Okay. So you do have the Knicks winning a game seven at the Garden, Alex. So at the Sports Fellows, we like to be objective and unbiased. You know, you just said you're a fair weather fan. But who do you see winning this series? I do believe that the Hawks are the better team on paper. It has been pretty evenly matched on the court. They, I mean, they're obviously tied at 1-1. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a little bold here. I, I think the Hawks win a game seven at MSG. Ooh, 
yeah, my original prediction was Knicks in seven, but after seeing what I'm seeing, after seeing Julius Randle fold when the lights get bright, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, last night, we saw the Lakers tie the series up um, with the Chris Paul injury. Do you guys think that series is over? That, that's that's, bit of, that's, a, that's kind of tough because, yeah, Chris being – they're missing Chris Paul. It's really big. It'd probably be up 2-0 if he was healthy. Um, but I don't know. Like, I watched the Lakers, and I'm not – like, they don't seem intimidating. Like, AD had a good game last night, but he had, like, what, 21 free throws, I believe? Yeah, yeah. Oh, moments. that was a lot of free throws. It's, it's like they're, – they're just not intimidating. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's just, like, they don't – like, last year they weren't intimidating either, but – you know that that whole bubble thing is kind of little little asterisk there. Um, oh lord! <laughs> but um, I, I I don't know. Like I, I I'm obviously a LeBron fan, admittedly, but they just don't really seem intimidating to me this year. They're kind of really too many guys on that team are hot and cold. Like KCP has been awful in these first two games. Schroeder pretty much has one good game, then he'll have like two bad ones, and it kind of repeats. And then you know Montrez Harrell is kind of just there <laughs> and then Andre Drummond is obviously awful he, I don't know why he plays honestly I don't know like I, I believe the Lakers will win the series I just don't think it'll be as easy as it's like just saying it's over at the moment it'll probably I, I can see it going to seven okay Nico what do you think about the series is uh is Chris Paul out for the rest of the series no like he's playing tomorrow but like it was obvious he wasn't 100 percent at all um, yeah, like, like Alex was saying, I just, I don't see that kind of factor that you see from championship teams in the Lakers. And if Chris Paul is able to get back to at least the close to hundred percent, I could easily see the Suns winning it. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened with the Lakers. Maybe it's just like, I mean, they won it last year and they kind of lost that mentality of trying to gun for it. I'm not sure what it is. But they just don't seem like they have the. I'm not trying to. I don't know what the word is, but it doesn't look like they're. They're hungry for it. Yeah, they're not hungry enough. Okay. Um. Are are do you guys think the Clippers are in trouble? Is the series over? It's it's yeah. not over, but they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Okay. They're they're going back to Dallas down two zero at full capacity. And it's like I like Luca's been the best player on the court this series and. That's not like shocking or anything, but like, I just didn't expect it to be like a. It seems it's not one sided, but it's like, it just kind of seems like it's going in the Mavs way, and like. Yeah, I just they, I don't, they they need to win game three. They I mean that's pretty obvious. They need to win game three because you don't want to go. You don't want to be down three zero, but I think they need to win it pretty convincingly. Yeah, I the the thing the difference in the Clippers and this Maverick series right now is the role players. Like Tim Hardaway Jr., he looks like he's shooting like me in the gym. Like he's shooting like like sixty percent from three or something. He's averaging like twenty five points a game. And Luca's obviously been like not even amazing. Like he's been fantastic. Like he's been like anyone that the Clippers have put on him. Like obviously, um, great de great offense will always be great de great defense. But like he's just been one of a kind and like. I feel like a lot of people are trying to hate on him because of the whole draft situation. But before the draft, people were saying that they don't know if he has what it takes to be in this league. So a lot of people are trying to backtrack and say that he's overrated. And now it's just, it's just like like Trey and Luca, they're both in like year three. Like I think we should just let them like play basketball or year four, uh, 21. Yeah, like year three or year four. I think it's year three. And it's just like it's disgusting the amount of narrative and the agendas that people have just to like see – Two players who are 21 and 22 years old um to see them fail and like act like they were right about them so shout out to luca and magic and what he's doing um nico do you think the clippers are in trouble yeah i think it's over honestly i, I don't see a way for them to come back um i feel like recently over the past couple of years the clippers like best trait was having like a deep bench i'm not sure if that's completely true so I haven't paid much attention to basketball, but I just feel like now they're just too top heavy and there's nothing, nothing helping them coming off the bench, honestly. Um, I didn't watch a minute of the Grizzlies jazz game. I could say that in all honesty. Did you guys watch that game at all or no? no I, left it on in the, <laughs> I left it on in the background, honestly, because I was doing something else. But seeing the Grizz, Grizzly won game one, right? Yeah, yeah that was kind of 
it was kind of you know shout out to my boy evan collett yes sir <laughs> but that nice nice little dub for him but other than, i'm not like paying all that much attention to it it's not really enticing there's nothing intriguing about that series to me i agree um as far as the the Blazers and Nuggets series, they got Game Three um, tomorrow night. Um, what do you guys? What do you, um, Alex? What did you see in Game Two from Jokic and like just the refereeing in general? Because there was like two hundred fouls, six hundred free throws. Like it was just god awful. Oh yeah, no, no. The Game Two was pretty much. It was kind of painful to watch, but I, I will say Jokic is fantastic, man. Um, there's something about like. <laughs> These European. Like it's hard. It, it's hard to imagine like a center being a superstar in this league, and like you know, you have Embiid and obviously Jokic, but it's just like hot. Like it's just it's fascinating to watch to me, and like I do believe that this is one of the hardest series to predict, in my opinion. I could see it going either way, and I, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't know who's gonna win. I can't even like give you a prediction honestly in this entire series. I just kind of it's gonna change from game to game. Yeah, my prediction for the series was Blazers in seven. So, like, they've been – like, the Blazers had chances on, on Tuesday, on Monday, sorry. But the thing is, like, their defense is just, like – like, the rotations that Terry Stotts uses is terrible. Like, he has Nurkic and Cancer both on an island out there with Jokic, and he's just going to score, like, every single time. Like, I don't understand what he's trying to accomplish. He doesn't adjust. He doesn't do anything. Like, his game, his tactics are give the ball to Dame and see what he could do with the ball. If we get a bucket, cool. If we don't, that's cool, too. So – I just think it's pretty terrible. Um, Nico, what do you think about this series? I'd say that this is probably the second best or maybe even the best, like most entertaining series. Um, like Alex said, it's definitely hard to predict, but I could see I could see Denver taking it as much as I'd like to see Damian Lillard go through. Um, there's just there's too many good players on the Nuggets, honestly. Yeah, it's really going to come down to the role players, honestly. Like, yeah, in agree. game one, I think it was Melo who had, like, what, near 20 points? Yeah, bro. And he then, hit, like, four and, straight and, and then, like, on Monday, like, it was pretty much just Dame and McCullum and, I think, Powell. And then it was, like, nothing else from anybody. So it's, it's pretty much just going to come down to the role players. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with that opinion 100%. Um, as far as the East goes, um, Nico, obviously, if you don't know, we know that you're a big fan of Greece and you're a big fan of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, can you see the Bucks sweeping the Heat, or do you think the Heat um, still have juice in them to win the series? Now, I know you like statistics. Um, Eric Spolstra has never been swept in a playoff series, so I just had to throw that out there. What do you think about the series? Um, I do, I think the Bucks are 100% taking the series. I could see the Heat winning a game, maybe. Um, but there's just no way back for them. They're, they look like a completely different team from last year. I don't know if the bubble had that big of an effect on, like, everybody just looking better. But they just don't look like remotely the same team that they were. They've lost their mentality. They've lost skill. It's just everything is just completely different. So, Bucks and five for sure. Ooh, Maybe. I, I, I don't know. If, yeah, I'll give it Bucks and five. Okay. Alex, we all know how much you love the Miami Heat. So what do you think about this series, sir? Objectively speaking, um, Butler and Bam have been pretty bad. I sure. don't expect that to continue. So I, I do expect – I don't think this series is, like, over. I, I do have the Bucks winning this series. Um, but I, I don't think it's, like – like Nico said, Bucks in five. I don't – I'm going to say the Heat won the next two games. Ooh, okay. And then – and then I, I think I think I, I'm gonna go Bucks and six, but I, I think it's gonna be a lot closer from this point on. Okay. Um, do we care about the Brooklyn Boston series at all? Because I don't. I want I, I want to say something about that series. You want to see what? A couple, I want to say something about that series. Okay. Okay. Let's hear. A, it. a couple a couple years ago, I'm not gonna mention anybody by name, but a couple <laughs> years ago, I was told the Celtics were gonna have this dynasty. I said the Nets were gonna have a better future, despite the Celtics winning that trade from like 2013 fast forward a couple years later we're pretty much here we're seeing that the, the next pretty much lost that trade but they're still ended up better in the long run the next are going to win the fun I think the next are going to win it all this year oh, okay we got a we got a prediction at May 26 10 45 p.m eastern standard time for those people that don't know time zones um the Nets are going to win the Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets are going to win the finals, according to Alex. Okay. And it's going to it's going to be pretty, pretty convincingly too. Okay, so if you think they're going to win the finals, who's going to win Finals MVP? 
Oh man, that's 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 a tougher question, honestly, because <laughs> I, it's gonna it's gonna come down to KD or Harden. I, honestly, I, I'm gonna say Harden. Okay, we got a bold prediction. Okay, do you think he's the most important player on the Nets? Because I do, and I've been saying it. I think, yeah, I think he is. Honestly, like, like obviously KD and Kyrie are fantastic players, but it's Harden just like I'm, I haven't really been a fan of the way Harden plays basketball per se, but it's it's, it's effective. You can't deny it. And he just like he makes players around him better. Yeah, he's he's that guy. Um, the Sixers Wizards series. Do we care about the series at all? Uh, I'm just gonna say that all them Russ fans out there are kind of suffering. So <laughs> the poor guy got injured tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, I, yeah. That 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 whole popcorn thing was kind of not cool. Yeah, not cool at all. Nico, the same same. We're on the same page here. Yeah, we're on the same page. I actually wanted to make a comment about um, the Brooklyn and Celtics series again. Uh, how Alex was talking about the trade and futures and all that. I saw a lot of people debating that the Nets pretty much bought their team. And I just wanted to debate that by saying they had to build. They were just left with nothing. And they had to build through the draft and make an attractive team to have these stars come there and get through those trades, you know? So I don't think it was just handing people money. They had to actually build from the ground up. Okay, but the Knicks fans are louder. So who really has the, who really runs these folks? You know, yeah, there's always going to be that battle, but um, <laughs> you know, there's I don't no know. Battle, man. <laughs> of course, the Knicks fans are going to be like the best in New York, of course. But um, I don't know, man. I just, I really like the Nets. I just like what they did. 100%. Yeah, listen, like, people get mad at super teams, but, like, if that's the team you're rooting for, like, you'd be on board with it. Like, when we got LeBron and Bosch, like, I was not against that shit. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, exactly. People are just finding new reasons to cry about. Um, moving on to our second topic of the night, it's going to be a short skit. Um, so, obviously, we know the Astros and the Dodgers have a great history of liking each other. And the Dodgers made their way to Minute Maid Park. Um, last night, they had a convincing victory. Tonight, they're actually losing. Um, but I want to talk about Pantone 294 and the passion of Dodger fans. So Dodger fans showed up at Minute Maid Park with trash cans, and they were banging them, and they were, like, making fun of Astros fans. And we know that the Dodgers fandom is one of the best in the MLB. So, um, Alex, I wanted to ask you first, um, do you think that Dodger fans are, let's say, like, little kids for still holding on to the Astros and what they did in 2017, or should they just move on? Or what do you think about that? Honestly, like, like objectively, I think you should move on because there's nothing you can really do about it at this point. Like it's, it's done. You cannot vacate their championship. You can't go back in time and change that series. But like, as a fan, I understand why they're still holding on to that. Because like, this isn't, it's not baseball related, but like, Actually, I have actually have a baseball example um, from the wild card. I want to say I think it was 2012 when the Braves played the Cardinals, and then that that whole like infield fly, quote unquote, that kind of cost us a little rally there. Like I still I still kind of hold on to the grudge there. I, I don't like the Cardinals. Um, and then you know going to like a football example, I, I still complain about the 2012 NFC Championship game. Roddy White withheld. I'm never gonna move on from that. You know, fuck the 49ers. Um, <laughs> Like, objectively, yes, you, you should move on because there's nothing you can do about it. But as a fan, I understand holding on to these grudges. You know, like, you, you as a fan, you, you watch this team all the time. You, you love this team, and you want – you feel screwed over when things don't go your way, especially – like, the Astros, they were caught cheating. Obviously, I, I, don't, I don't really think it's that big of a deal personally. I might, I might like, use it against Astros fans to troll them or something, but – We don't troll folks. <laughs> But honestly, I understand why they feel the way they do. So, um, like, honestly, I'm on board with that opinion 100%. But, like, like to like the, the, the other day, someone brought up a good example. Like, for example, they're going to say, oh, Carlos Correa's son is going to play for the Astros and he's going to get booed for something that happened 30 years ago. Like, do you think they should continue to boo these players or just keep him moving and move on? I, like, like, since it's kind of still fresh now, it's been, like, what, four four years? I mean – yeah, How crazy! It's like it's been like what two years since it's been like proven true. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's still pretty. It's still pretty like recent and fresh. So like I get why they're still booing, but like 
in 30 years, they should, they should definitely be over it. <laughs> Nico, um, as a, as a Cubs fan, you know, uh, the Dodgers beat the Cubs to advance to the world series in 2017. Um, what do you think about the situation and should the Dodger fans move on and just forget about this? Well, to be completely honest with you, I didn't even know the Dodgers had fans, but, um, <laughs> Continuing from that, I think they should definitely get over it. Um, as a fan, there's really nothing you can do, as Alex said. Uh, I understand the hatred point. Um, you can always keep that rivalry, but uh, continuously bring it up, it just it's getting old, and you should definitely move on. Yeah, okay, so we're all in agreement. Um, you know, Alex, honestly, though, honestly, though, they, they won the World Series last year at this point. Why are they still kind of upset about it? I'm glad you brought that up. So a lot of people are saying, you know, for the jokes and shit that the Miami Heat final run was a Mickey Mouse run or that the Lakers is a Mickey Mouse championship. If the Dodgers don't win the World Series, obviously, we know that um, baseball is the hardest sport to repeat besides um, besides soccer, football. Um, if the Dodgers don't repeat the World Series, was it a Mickey Mouse championship? I wouldn't say so, honestly. Like, I, I am, I am, I am a Braves fan, and, and watching the whole three-one collapse, three-one collapse, Junior, was was pretty sad. But I also don't. I also think we were kind of, in a sense, we were a little bit lucky that it was we were playing at um. I don't know. I don't know the control. exact name of the stadium. Yeah, was it Globe Life, right? It's it's yeah, Globe, Globe Life, Life. Stadium. Yep. I think we were kind of fortunate to be playing all our games there because I don't think if we had to go to LA last year, we probably don't get to seven games. Ooh, okay. Um, do you, like, do you what do you see in the Braves this year that you don't that you didn't see last year? You know what's funny? So in the group chat, um, you you were talking about this with us, and even when the Braves were up three one, you're like the inevitable is gonna happen. So like, you just knew that like all of this was setting up for the narrative for the Dodgers to win and eventually win the World Series. Um, do you see um Ronald Acuna Jr. possibly winning the MVP this year? I think he can win the MVP. He's been pretty great. He's, he's one of the best. He might be the best player in all of baseball right now. That's, that might be a bit bold since people love Mike Trout. But uh, let's just say best player in the National League. Let's leave it at that. Oh. Um, I, I, I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is probably the best player in the NL, and he probably can win MVP. But the Braves as a whole this year have kind of been a mess. Um, their bullpen sucks. Their starters have been inconsistent. I mean, they're, they're like a game. I mean, right now they're at 500, which is like, I think, like maybe like the second time this season. <laughs> and um, they're probably going to, they're playing the Sox tonight. I think the game is delayed and they're losing. So I'm going to assume that's just going to be a loss right there. But I mean, if the season's still young, they can figure it out. Um, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Um, obviously, you know, you can make moves at the trade deadline. But for right now, that that bullpen's pretty pretty shockingly bad. Yeah, I agree. Um, Nico, are you are you on board with the Ronald Acuna campaign for MVP so far? Um, yeah, I would agree. Honestly, he's been he's been pretty amazing this year. A big improvement. Um, I do enjoy watching him. Although I'd say that, um, I can't agree with the statement of him being the best in the MLB. I'd still, I'd still take Trout over him. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Shout out, shout out to Otani, by the way. He's been pretty fire this year too. I'm, I'm just glad the MLB knows how to market him, bro. That's one, that's one thing that I'm proud about, honestly. It's also Dude, imagine, imagine if they didn't know how to market him. A pretty good two-way player. Like, how do you mess that up? Like Mike Trout. I mean, they don't really, oh uh, yeah, market Trout at all. Like, nobody knows him unless you watch baseball. Right, that's fair. Yeah. Moving on to our third topic of the day. Um, we got the – well, not not you guys, but I got the unfortunate news that the bald-headed, black-headed genius Zinedine Zidane is going to step down, according to Fabrizio Romano on Twitter. And we all know he loves to say the same shit like 16 times until it's actually true, but Zidane is going to be stepping down as a Real Madrid coach after not having the – backup of Florentino and uh Nico let me start with you since obviously you're a lifelong Liverpool fan and um you saw Zidane take care of your team in the final today's actually the three-year anniversary of it um why did why did why do you think Zidane stepped down from this job I believe that he stepped down because he wasn't getting the power that he wanted um I believe that him and Florentino Perez are probably butting heads they disagree on a lot of things. Um, 
they probably just have two different ideas of how they want this team to look in the future. And I can see that being a big reason for why he stepped down. Um, Alex, would you agree with that as well? I agree with it. I think Nico hit the nail on the head there. I'm, I will get a bit more specific with it. I think it, what it comes down to is the team planning. Um, it's been a while since the Don's pretty much gotten the transfers he's wanted. That's why he, I think that's why he left the first time. Um, like he, I, it's been like a while, a couple of years ago, he wanted Pogba. He never got Pogba. I don't think he wanted Luka Jovic. He got Luka Jovic. It's like, like I, I get that financially right now, like the big clubs are kind of, eh, you know, following the pandemic and all that. Shout out to the but, Super League. But I don't, I don't think Florentino has given the Don what he wanted to rebuild this team. Like, Lu, Lu, I love Luka Modric, man. He's an amazing player. He's up there in age. He shouldn't be playing as much as he is. Like, where's his replacement? And, and like, I think, like, the Don has this philosophy. Not the Don, but Florentino has this thing where he just wants to, like, try this youth project, and it's not really working. Like, where, where, are, the proven, where are the proven veteran signings that should help you right now? Yeah. Um, like, you know, obviously, obviously you're a Barca fan and all that good stuff, but um, are you happy with Zidane stepping down? Do you want to see Real Madrid crumble? Like, because um, Koeman um, the other day, he said, they asked him in the press conference, they're like, um, are you worried about next season? And then he said, no, I'm confident that I will be the manager for Barca next season. So um, are you on board? We all know how you feel about Ronald, but are you on board <laughs> with that? And um, do you agree that Zidane is right in this situation? I do think that Don is right that he should he shouldn't be like like if he stays and, and Real Madrid continues to struggle because I mean he did overachieve this season given everything that's happened with the team all the injuries and you know the not that many transfers and all that but if they, if they continue to like struggle in the sense that they go trophyless and all that he's gonna be looked he's gonna be looked at as the bad guy because he's managing the team but it's also like like I said before he's not getting the backing from Florentino you know, Paris to help him here. So I think he's right to stand his ground. Um, I'm not sure what happens next with him. Like there, are, there were the rumors saying that he might go to Juve. I don't know how true that is. I want to see how if, if he goes there. Let's. I want to see how that would work out. And regarding to um, if I'm happy that he's leaving, oh, I'm ecstatic that he's leaving. Like this man, we cannot beat this man for some reason. I, I don't know why we, we. It seems like every time we play Real Madrid, the Don's Madrid recently at least, we will like dominate for like a stretch. And then they'll score, and then they'll score again, and then it's just kind of like we can't come back. And it's like I don't know how he does it. Like I, I do give the Don a lot of a lot of shit that he's not like a great tactician or anything, but he's an amazing man manager. Like he 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 instills this mentality monster thing into his players that no matter what they can win this game, and you see it all the time. Like they'll be down one zero in like the 85th minute, then they'll win somehow, and it's like how do they do this? And like I, I just gotta respect that. Like that was all evident in the three P of the UCO. It was evident in La Liga last year, even though I will, I will be a little biased and saying may, maybe VAR kind of helped a little bit last season. But but <laughs> I, I am honestly ec ecstatic that he's leaving. And um, depending on who his replacement is, like I assume it's gonna be Allegri. Allegri is a just for the record, he's a great manager. I don't think he's the manager for Real Madrid though. And I will be ecstatic if that's who they hire. What a hell, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Nico, obviously, Liverpool hasn't played this season with um, center backs at all, but you guys did um, manage to get a top four position. Um, what can you say about what the midfield and the forwards have done for Klopp this season, given the circumstances? Well, I can tell you right now that the midfield has done nothing. Um <laughs> The team was backboned on Salah scoring every week. Um, I'm really happy to see Wijnaldum leaving. I really hope that we can replace him with just someone who, I don't know, I'm looking for midfielders who will really move the ball forward, like Thiago. Um, he just he really helped a lot at the end, end stretch of the season. He's, he was dropping 9.0s every match. Um, we just need to play through him. Playing through that right side was just helping us a lot. And, um, yeah, hopefully with a healthier season, we can win the league again. But we'll see. Did you know that Man City and Liverpool have the same amount of points the last three seasons accumulated? Uh, yeah, I saw that a couple of days ago. It's actually pretty infuriating. Um, 
I really hate how we lost the league in 2019, but that did come down to a couple our stretch of just straight 1-1 games. But uh, it happens, you know, it's football. What can you do? Yeah. Um, so, Alex, um, to conclude on this topic, um, you said how, how Zidane goes balls to the Wells for his player. So the VRL game, we literally had it lost, and then we scored like two goals in the last four minutes. And um, that was like reflective. Um, with the 60 injuries that Real Madrid has had and the 4,000 minutes that Modric has had, um, is it fair to say that Real Madrid, even though they had a trophyless season, was successful? Yes or no? Yes, they were definitely successful. They had a better league campaign than us, which is sad to say because I, I do think that Barcelona were probably, like for a solid stretch, they played the best football in the league and then they kind of crumbled at the end there. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that. That can be a comment rant for later. But um, yeah, I think the overachieving, you know, they made the semis of the CL. Nobody, I don't think anybody expected that. Um, They had a pretty, they kept Atleti, Atleti on edge until the last match day. And I mean, they, they, Real Madrid doesn't really care about Copa del Rey, so they don't really matter. But yeah, yeah they definitely overachieved for sure. Like, Every time they got injured, every time somebody had a COVID positive test, you kind of expected them to crumble, but they kept pulling our results. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you, Zidane, for everything you've done. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this. So Zidane's last game as a player for Real Madrid was VRL. His last game, his first stint was against VRL. And now his last game and his second stint is against VRL. I know how much you guys love stats, so there's another stat for you guys in case you didn't know that. <laughs> It's crazy, honestly. I did not know that. Shout out to Villarreal. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Villarreal, which leads us into our fourth and last topic of the day, we're going to bring you guys the Champions League final and the amazing Europa League um, analysis. So today we saw Villarreal beat Manchester United 11-10 in what I think was one of the best penalty shootouts we've seen in a while. Um, Villarreal and Manchester United tied 1-1 after 90 and after 120 minutes. And they had to go to penalties. And obviously, we know how, how good David De Gea is in a penalty shootout. So he conceded 11 goals. And then the last goal that he was supposed to score, he actually missed as well. Um, Nico, let me start with you since you're an avid Manchester United. I'm not going to say hater, but you dislike them. Um, what did you think about this game? And did VRL deserve to win? Um, yeah, I, I would definitely say that Villarreal deserved to win. Um, uh, there was a very lackluster performance from Marcus Rashford. Um, he definitely did not show up when he needed to. Um, I was very happy to see Villarreal win, especially with that penalty shootout. It was very entertaining. Um, but yeah, it's either it could have gone either way. I feel like Man United played better in the second half and for the last stretch of overtime. But um, football doesn't always work in your favor, and that was very evident today. Okay. Alex, what do you think about this game? I think Nico pretty much hit it on the head there that United was probably the better team, but it wasn't by much, but they were definitely, they probably played better football throughout the 90, the 120 minutes. Um, I am, I am happy that um, BWL won. I don't, I'm not a Manchester United hater, by the way. I, I will <laughs> make that clear. I just, there's something I really like about Donny Parejo and all those years he's been at Valencia kind of not winning much. So seeing him get his get a major trophy in there was kind of nice. I, I kind of feared that he would be the one that missed the penalty when he took it, but gladly that's not how that happened. I will say that this was probably, like you said earlier, probably one of the best penalty shootouts we've ever seen. Personally, one of the ones, the best ones I've ever seen, because I've never seen one goal that far in, like like live. I've seen highlights of like shootouts going from like 10-10 or whatever, but live, I've never seen him get to the goalies. And then you, you just knew when the half stepped up, it was <laughs> we was gonna miss it, and it, it was a very entertaining game. I, I think the Europa League is a bit underrated. Definitely a lot of entertaining football there, but it was definitely a good game to watch. Yeah, I agree 100. percent Um, it was funny because we were talking about this in the group chat, but like we were all like we knew that De Gea was gonna concede almost every goal because like what happened with Spain in the World Cup that he conceded literally every every shot on target that was thrown at him, he literally conceded so. Um, but I, I forgot to add to that. VRL won their first professional title in, like, a club history. That's a pretty big accomplishment for them. And I think they deserved it, honestly. 
like like we were saying and like you guys were saying um earlier every goal every penalty goal it felt better than the last one we got like top bin um bottom right bottom left top bin um to the left like in the angle down the middle i feel like every goal was just better than the last one would you guys agree with that oh there was definitely like some of the best high pressure shootout i've ever shootouts i've ever seen um, I will I will add this on like not regarding the the shootout as a whole, but like the game. How better sweet is it for Valencia to see some of their players that they had to get rid of because financial reasons that they sold directly to Villarreal, you know, Francisco Colin, Dani Parejo win something with a, a rival. Like how better sweet is that for them? Yeah. Um, so now we get to see Villarreal in the Champions League next year, which means that Spain has five teams. Once again, best league in the world, folks. Um, we've seen Spain 16 times in the last uh, 20 years take down any team from any country in the final. They're 16 and 0. And then our last topic is the day that every football fan has been waiting for, besides the World Cup, obviously, the UEFA Champions League final. We get to see Chelsea and Man City go at it for the fourth time this season. Um, Man City defeated Chelsea. The first meeting they had three to one, and then the next two meetings that they had, Chelsea won. So the only meeting that Man City won, um, Fat Frank, or to be respectful, Frank Lampard was the manager for the Blues, and um, Man City defeated Chelsea. Um, sorry, Chelsea defeated Man City one zero in the FA Cup um, semifinals, and then they eventually lost to Leicester. And then um, this past or two weeks ago. Man City was winning 1-0 against Chelsea, and um, they had the opportunity to go up 2-0 with a penalty from Aguero, but um, he folded, and then Chelsea scored two goals in the last 10 minutes. So, guys, as objective football fans, Nico, let me start with you since you hate both teams a lot. Um, who are you rooting for, and what can you see from this game? Um, I think that this game is going to be very entertaining. I'd say that the last five or six meetings, um, Chelsea has had Man City's number. Um, I think that this game will go down to just players taking their chances. I know that City missed a lot of the chances that they that they have. Like they miss a lot of opportunities with Sterling and Aguero. But I believe that that I think that City is gonna win the final after all this is said and done. Um I just don't think that Chelsea have the same quality. Like they're obviously both very good teams, but I feel like City can just overpower them in the end. Okay. okay. Um, Alex, what do you think about this final? Obviously, as an objective Barcelona fan, because we're very objective on the show, we know how much you hate Chelsea, and we know how much you you hate Pep, and you prefer um, Mr. Cuemon over him. So what do you think about this game? Um, and this, this is actually a, a tough game for me to, like, predict here. Because, like, I feel like I'm not, like, rooting for anyone specifically. I say that now. Like I know as soon as the whistle blows to start kickoff, I'm gonna pick a team. <laughs> um, and I have a feeling it's probably gonna be Chelsea. I'm rooting for. I don't know why, because Chelsea has always been a pain to my club. But I don't. I, I don't know. Like my gut feel like like objectively, you, you think City should win this game. They like Nico said. They're they're obviously have the better quality. They have the better players. They have the better managers. But my gut feeling just tells me Chelsea pulls this off somehow. And, and like, like you, you can, like, like, I don't really believe in, like, coincidences. <laughs> but, like, like, when you look back at the 2012 year when they last when they won it last time, and this year, there's, there's a lot of coincidences here. Um, <laughs> I, will, I will say that in 2012, they were, like, Bayern completely dominated that final. I don't know how Chelsea won that game. Did you I, I do think that. This year, it'll be a lot closer. Like, this final will be a lot closer. It, it'll be a, the last couple of games. They, I think the last game they played um, between City and um, Chelsea, they rotated pretty heavily. Both teams did. So, it's like, I wouldn't put, like, I wouldn't factor too much into that meeting. But it's going to be a pretty good game. I'm, I'm Like, last year's final, who played? Was it last year's final was kind of, it was pretty good. Mickey Mouse final, man. That, that shit doesn't count. But, but the last time we got two English teams, that was a snooze fest. I, I apologize, Nico, but that, that was probably the worst time I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I, that, I, I think I think it'll be the complete opposite this time, though. That that leads to my next question. Um, Nico, the, the top five or top six to include Arsenal, the top six games that we've seen this year between them between opponents in the Premier League have the majority of them have been snooze fests, except for the 
Well, I don't think the Spurs are in the top six, but like that Spurs United 6-1 was a great game. Um, do you think this match is going to be a snooze fest or are we going to get something entertaining? No, I definitely don't believe it'll be a snooze fest. Um, going back to Alex's comment about the Liverpool um, <laughs> Spurs. <laughs> the Liverpool Spurs final, I, I can agree that it was definitely pretty boring. I don't think Spurs showed up with the mentality that they're going to win it all. But uh, going to this final, I feel like both of the teams, both of the teams believe that they have a chance to win. So I think it'll be better to watch on the pitch and it'll be evident. Yeah, as a as a neutral fan, it's going to be great to watch. And um, I'm very excited for this game. Um, guys, I well, you know what? So I, I'm in my podcast. I love to put people on the spot. So um, since you guys are both our guests today, I'm going to have to put you on the spot. Alex, give me a prediction. Who wins? And who's and and let's add to it. Who's gonna score? Honestly, before before I made this prediction, I want to say I'm not entirely sure if Edward Mendy is gonna play or not because he got hurt this last weekend. If he plays, Chelsea wins. And I'm not gonna. I don't know. Like, what I'll give you a let's say three two scoreline. Okay. I'm not. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be bold here and say the winner is gonna come from Timo Werner. But okay. I will, I will, I will say that regardless if he starts or comes off the bench, Pulisic will make a huge difference in this final. And that's your non-biased American objective. Oh, yeah, that, that's my non-biased. That's my non-biased objective statement. <laughs> okay, so Alex has Chelsea winning three-two and Timo Werner as the um, crown taker. Nico, who do you have, and what's going to be the score? Um, I believe that the score is going to be two to one. Uh, I can see, I can see Foden and Mares scoring. I believe that the winner will come from Foden, though, and Man City will win the final. Okay, Man City's gonna win the final. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm gonna be bold here. We haven't had an extra time game since 2016, which is five years now, and I'm gonna predict that. Man City wins this 2-1 in overtime, and the winning goal is going to be scored by Mares. Honestly, I'm surprised nobody said we'll get a repeat of uh, we'll get an Aguero 2.0. Bro, if that's this is his last match with the club. I mean, right. if, if Aguero can choose one way to go out and that happens, I'm all for it. And people know me as a big Guardiola stand, so I'm I'm honestly all for it. Imagine that's how it ends. That would be like one of the best storybook endings we've ever seen. I don't think that's gonna happen though. But I, I like I said, I think Chelsea wins this game. But it's I, just I, would, I wouldn't be mad at that. It's just funny because like these new football fans, like they watch the Aguero clip on YouTube, but it just doesn't hit the same when you didn't watch it live. Like right. I don't know if you guys remember, but like the Man United game was on TV. And then as soon as that ended, Fergie was clapping his hands and then they showed the Man City game. And then all you see is Aguero running, 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 and then boom. And everything just happened like in, a, in like 10 seconds. Do you guys, do you, would you guys agree with that statement that like watching the watching it live and watching it through t- t- film just doesn't hit the same? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like I remember where I was when I watched that exact moment. It was a, it was a Sunday morning. I was in my living room. I'm not a fan of either team, by the way. I'm going to make that clear. What I did get tired at the time of United pretty much dominating England. So I was kind of up for a change. And just seeing that happen was kind of surreal to me. And like, there's another, like, there's moments in football history that just make you feel that way. That's not the same when you watch it later on, like on YouTube or like on DVR or whatever. When you watch it live, like, I hate this moment now in hindsight when Barca completed that comeback against PSG. Watching it live was surreal to me, dude. I like called out of work. I made sure I was gonna watch this game. I don't know why. Oh, I just don't do this. <laughs> like I knew it was gonna happen, and it, it felt so nice seeing that. But like you know, like five years later, four years later, it's kind of like, yeah, no, I think you better made a career off that. So it's, it's kind of bittersweet. Yeah, like all the fair weather fans just bring up that remontada, and I'm just like, bro, like you didn't watch it live. Like it just, it just doesn't hit the same. Um, Alex, were you trolling that Sunday morning, or you don't remember? <laughs> well, I told him the Sunday morning when City won the league for the first time in like 60 years. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely trolling my United friends. 
<laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Don't call out of work for football or basketball or MLB games or NFL, <laughs> unless it's really important. Nico has a history of that, and unfortunately, the Bills lost that one Monday, Tuesday game, and he said hey, he wouldn't do it again, and then the Bills beat the Ravens. So um, there you have it. Don't call out of work for an important game. Um, never. I, never. <laughs> Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap up episode 20? Uh, I, just a quick side topic here. It's been it's been about a month, but how do you feel about your drafts, your team's NFL drafts? How do I feel? Uh, you know, a lot of people they weren't on board with the Jalen Waddle draft pick, and I honestly don't see a um, I honestly don't see a problem with it. Like a lot of people were saying that Devontae Smith was wide receiver one, and that <clears throat> he was the best receiver. A lot of people were saying it was Chase or whatever, but. You know, I, I trust in Tua Tagovailoa to have a, a bounce back year, even though he had like a – he wasn't 100% last year, you know what I'm saying? And with, right. and with Chan Gailey, I know how much Nico loves Tua Tagovailoa. Um, uh, Chan Gailey, as much as he was trolling last year when Tua was on the field, with him being fired, I think he's going to have a bounce back year. And honestly, today's May 26th. We're going to make the playoffs this year. I'm just going to throw it out there. Fair enough. Nico, how about you? Um, I want to talk about Andres' comment first. I think that Tyrod Viola is not going to be a good quarterback, and the Dolphins will be capped out at ten and seven or eleven and six. And That's going so to my team's bro. draft, um, I honestly, I, I got, I got aboard with it after a little bit. I see what they're doing. They're trying to follow the path that the that the Buccaneers took, just drafting a bunch of defensive ends, and they just want to. Make sure that the defense can pressure the quarterback. So there's nothing to be too mad at. My team is pretty good. So anything that they did, I couldn't really complain too much. But we'll see how it works out. Well, there you have it, folks. Um, Alex, any final thoughts on this episode? No, man. Uh, just hoping for a good game on Saturday. Yes, sir. Um, this has been episode 20 of the Sports Fellas Podcast. Guys, thank you for coming on, for making this special episode. Um, we've been talking about this for months now. I'm glad I was able to make it happen. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate you inviting me on, and we'll do it again in the future. This was fun. Yeah, we have the Copa America and the Euros in the summer, so definitely look out for that. Um, this has been episode 20. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, Continue to stay safe in these situations and continue to not being a jackass to people. And I'll talk to you all very soon. Peace.